Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani. Excuse my voice. Welcoming you to another session of self-coaching where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed. Teaching you to become your own best coach. Well, like I say, I wasn't going to do this podcast because I know how I sound. And I know I sound froggy last week when I was also uh, under the weather. I, I kept getting uh, confused saying I had, uh, instead of brain fog, I kept saying brain frog. Well, today that's even more apparent. A week later, I am certainly froggy the gremlin today. And we'll make this short and sweet, but I, I, I really felt the show must go on. And I hope you'll endure my crackly voice this week because i'm sure by next week everything will be just peachy and and i was thinking you know one of the reasons i wasn't going to do the podcast is because i i don't know about you but me when i hear a broadcaster or someone on tv with with a cold it it, it kind of we don't like that we don't like to be reminded of what it's like to feel sick so when someone someone has kind of a, a cold kind of voice, a sinus kind of voice, it kind of makes us cringe a little bit because we know inevitably we know what that feels like, and we don't like to be reminded. So I, I'm I'm going to just throw that right out there. I know you don't like to be reminded, and I don't mean to bum you out by doing this podcast, but I I just feel somewhat obligated. I I. Don't know if I've ever missed a weekly podcast, and I will continue to persist in trying to to do whatever I can, regardless of circumstances. So bear with me, because this is going to be a slog through the, the froggy pedal. Speaking of frogs, I thought I'd start out with, since everything is brain frog and frogs are on my mind, I want to talk to you about a very important story. And it's a story about frogs, obviously. And there was this swamp. And in the swamp, there lived a community of frogs. Now, there was a wall around this swamp, which completely encased it in, into this area. And in all the generations of frogs that ever existed in this swamp, there wasn't any frog that had ever seen what was on the other side of the wall. So year by year, the frogs started to get curious, as, as frogs will, right? What's on the other side of that wall? It might be filled with riches and all kinds of insects to eat and all kinds of good frog stuff. We, we've got to find out what's on the other side of the wall. Now, this was a sizable wall, and of course, the frogs couldn't leap over it. So they didn't know what to do. So the mayor of the town of frogs, the mayor of the swamp, I should say, he decided to have a race with the fastest and strongest and the fittest frogs in the swamp and a race to the wall. And then at, at that wall, the frogs would leap 
and surely one of those frogs would make it to the top and then convey back to the rest of the frogs in the swamp just what was on the other side of the wall. So the whole swamp was just a buzz with, with wanting to find out what was on the other side of the wall. So the day of the big race came, and the mayor was there with his starting pistol, and there were five runners, five frog runners, or leapers, I should say. <laughs> I don't think frogs run. And all of a sudden, one little tiny scrawny frog joined the five. Who's that? Who's that little frog? What does he think he's doing? And the frog's name was Thumper. They all knew Thumper. Thumper was this near-do-well, skinny runt of a frog that just kind of hung out. Why is Thumper getting in that race? That's ridiculous. Well, Thumper got in the race. So the starting pistol went off. And the frogs careened down the path toward the wall. And they started to pick up speed. Now, one thing you need to know about frogs is that they are eternal pessimists. That must be a fact. You might have known that, but uh, let me reiterate. Frogs are very, very negative, very fearful, filled with doubts and concerns. So the spectators along the path of the race, they were expressing their concerns and doubts and fears. And they kept yelling to the runners, drop out, drop out. You're not going to make it. It's too dangerous. And one by one, the frogs did begin to drop out of the race. Started with five and with thumper six. One of the frogs dropped out and another. The voices got more hysterical as the frogs approached the wall. You're not going to make it. It's dangerous. Don't run into that wall. And little by little, the frogs just began to wither down to guess who? To Thumper. And Thumper just kept going undeterred. And he kept running and running as he approached the wall. Without any hesitation, he took this mighty leap up onto the wall. And now the crowd around was absolutely hyperbolic, hysterical. No, you're going to fall. You'll break every bone in your your body, don't go any further. We'll catch you. Stop. Let go. Come down. Thumper kept going. Kept going inch by inch. And they kept screaming louder and louder. You can't do it. No one can. We're sorry we even did this. Thumper kept going. And he kept going until finally he reached the top of the wall. And he looked over the wall. And Thumper saw something that no frog had ever seen before. And the reason Thumper was able to prevail and see what no frog had ever seen before was because Thumper was deaf. Uh-huh. So Thumper never heard the naysayers. He never heard those negatives, those fears, those doubts get implanted in his mind. He just kept running and did what he wanted to do. And he prevailed because he wasn't held back with all the all that dire, distressing kind of fear. So what does this have to do with today's podcast? Well, it has a lot to do with my froggy voice, number one. But you have to ask yourself, you know, what are your hysterical frogs? What are the frogs that are screaming to you? 
don't go, don't do that. You can't, it's too hard. You're not good enough. What are your frogs? Now, if you think for a second, you'll you'll find that we all have frogs. These are the frogs that tend to hold us back in life, one way or another. But it depends on what we listen to, and that's that's the point of all of this. See, Thumper had an advantage. He never heard the naysayers. He never heard the doubts, the fears. So with you, let's take doubt, for example, self-doubt. That's a very common hysterical frog. And I'm going to go through three major groups of hysterical frogs. There's the doubters, the self-doubting frogs, the fearful frogs, and the negative frogs. And by the end of this podcast, if you if you endure it with me and hang in there and don't don't run away from my voice, you will find that doubts, fears, and negatives, if you could silence those categories of frogs in your own mind, then your wall will open up to you and you, like Thumper, will get to see beyond what you've been held back from seeing. So self-doubt, these are the hysterical frogs that doubt. And the self-doubt certainly is within you. Where does self-doubt come from? Well, certainly past experience and past mistakes. No one, no one goes through life without making a mistake, without messing up. That's a myth. And, and sometimes we feel that, oh, we're the only one that really has all of these problems and what has happened in the past. It's not true. Sometimes it has to do with the way you were brought up. Some parents, they don't know how to encourage. They discourage. They, they want to control a child from getting too rambunctious. They put that child down. Or sometimes a child might be overweight and the parent might ridicule that child. So self-doubt is inflicted sometimes just through experiences of positive and negative and through childhood experiences and upbringing. But sometimes we do it to ourselves. Bad habit. We compare ourselves to others. Wow, what a trap that is. You know, especially when we, you know, in the teen years where this is so magnified and image is so important. You know, we look at the model in the magazines and, and we look at uh, Hollywood and and we compare ourselves and we say, oh, I don't have, I, I just don't have what it takes. I, I could never do that stuff. Look at me. Sometimes the self-doubt comes in with challenges. You know, new challenges. Oh, will I be able to handle that? Take, for example, dieting. Especially now with the holiday season, you know, everything is kind of thrown up in the air with our weight, dieting, and the doubts. Will I be able to moderate my eating? I don't I don't know if I can. Uh, you know, and, and we doubt our abilities. We doubt that we can handle certain things because we, we don't feel we're formidable enough. We have such grave self-doubt. Sometimes the opposite happens, you know, because of self-doubt, we tend to become overachievers. You know, we compensate for our self-doubt by overlearning, uh, uh, exercising too much. Uh, you know, we, we tend to just devote our lives to overcoming our doubts.
our inferiority feelings. You ever hear of the imposter syndrome? That's because we we harbor these inner feelings of self-doubt, lack of self-worth, and we compensate and we we tend to develop a persona that's certainly very, very black and white to what's inside. And we want people to see us, this persona, but inside we feel we're fooling them if they really knew. And you go through life if if you have part of this imposter syndrome, you go through life. You know, you feel that you've been relatively successful, but it's always that uh, Achilles sword that's about to fall or the shoe that's about to drop. Let me digress one second. You know where that comes from? Waiting for the other shoe to drop? Well, from the tenement apartments in the city in New York, you were always below someone else's bedroom. So the person above would take a shoe off and drop it. And then you'd be sitting in bed waiting for the second shoe to drop because you couldn't go to bed knowing there was another shoe to drop. <laughs> anyway, I digress. So, you know, with with the overachievement, you tend to compensate. So you, if you have this inner self-doubt, this inner feeling of inferiority, you develop this imposter syndrome. You tend to overcompensate and give people a show. But you go through life trying to hide what's inside. And it's, it's, it's not an easy life because you can easily feel threatened. If only they knew. Now, I should mention that the hysterical frogs of self-doubt, fears, and negativity, these are all oftentimes commingled. So I'm making distinctions, but you, you'll see as we go on that these are these are uh, really aspects, different shades of the same issue, and that's always the insecurity. But let's go to the fearful frogs. Okay. Now, fear obviously is closely related to the emotion of anxiety, and that occurs when you know when there are threats and we or real or perceived threats. And we perceive them to be uncontrollable or unavoidable. But fears create uh, kind of physical havoc as well. When we, when we live with chronic fear, especially chronic fear, stress hormones are released in our body. You know, cortisol, adrenaline, your blood pressure rises, your heart rate, you start breathing faster, your blood flow changes. This is the stress of fear. But as some parts of your brain get revved up with fear, others are shutting down. The, the amygdala is that, that part of the brain that senses fear. And when it does, the cerebral cortex, that's the thinking part of your brain. That's also the area that harnesses reasoning and judgment. Well, that becomes impaired. And when you're thinking and reasoning function becomes impaired, you're finding it difficult to make good decisions, good judgments, to think clearly. And the reason this happens is because basically we're governed by more primitive aspects of the brain when we come into fear, fight, flight kind of situations, and we have to be more reactive. You can't wait for your brain to figure something out. You've got to react. If you're crossing a street and you hear a horn blowing and a car's coming down the street at 70 miles an hour, you can't stand there and say, here comes a car. 
that's where the fear jumps in, the adrenaline, the cortisol. That's where all of a sudden your more primitive structures in your brain take over in a non-thinking sense, and you jump out of the way. So there is a place for this. But again, when it comes to insecurity, we're talking about fears that are more or less unrealistic fears, fears of insecurity that we project onto the world. So with legitimate fear, there's a place for it. When we fear how we're going to accomplish something or whether or not we're up for the job or whether we'll have a decent relationship, uh, this is when the insecurity comes in and creates fearful scenarios. But the stress is the same. You see, stress depletes, which is why we develop chemical imbalances. When we are in fearful situations, uh, you know, we, we tend to drip, 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 lose our balancing chemicals in our brain, serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine. So the more stress you have, the more fear governs your life, the more you're about to deplete your life, your emotional stability. Sometimes, you know, we often think it's fear of failure, which is probably more common. But for a lot of people, it's fear of success. What will I do if I if I get that job? Oh my God! Well, you know, so so you might want that job, and you might really fear not getting it, but you might equally fear, what will I do? How will I perform? There's that insecurity, that self confidence, the lack of self worth. That, that that could be an intense form of fear. Let's go back to what we mentioned before about dieting. Well, think of it. Well, fear of maybe not losing the weight, but what about? Fear of losing the weight, the success of losing the weight, and and then realizing, well, how am I going to keep it off? And, and and then if I if I if I lose the weight, and, and then I have to maintain that. Oh, so so you see, sometimes we're we're both af afraid of failure and success almost simultaneously. So those are the fear-driven frogs within you, and then we come to the negative frogs. The worry wart frogs. <laughs> These are the frogs that worry about things not working out. And worry is probably the most ubiquitous expression of the worry frogs. As I always say, we don't worry about things going right. Hope I don't win the lottery. We worry about things going wrong. And these are the negative frogs. Remember, they tried to tell Thumper, don't do it. You're going to get hurt. That negativity. And that's rooted, of course, in pessimism. And negative frogs are by nature pessimistic. And that's why it's important for you to, to really do an evaluation of your optimism, pessimism, where you fall on that continuum. And if you find yourself not in the middle, which eh, I'd rather see you move toward optimism, but if you're leaning towards pessimism, that's insecurity's way of trying to protect you by anticipating all the things that can go wrong. And the hysterical frogs in my story, they were trying to they were trying to help Thumper not get hurt. They were trying to help him understanding that bad things can happen, but they were envisioning these things. That's what negativity is about. It's the envisioning. Pessimism is a projection into the future of things going awry, as is optimism. 
But optimism projects a positive outcome, and it frees us in the present to be more present, to live more present. And with the diet metaphor we've been using, the negativity says, oh, I can't do that. I, I don't have the self-discipline. I, I just, uh, I, you know, I, 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 I can't do it. I, I, I just can't do it. Well, you've defeated yourself. You've managed to kind of prevent, you're, you're like one of the, the frogs that dropped out of the race at that point. So I want you, I want you all in the race. How do you get in the race? Well, you got to stop. You got to, G-O-T-T-A. You got to stop listening to the hysterical frogs. Now, let's give it a better name. These are the frogs of insecurity. And they voice their insecurities primarily through doubts, fears, and negativity. And you need to get rid of these frogs. Now, literally, you have to stop listening. I often struggle with this. Maybe, maybe you can help me out. And, and that is when we we talk to ourselves and we say, you know, you've you've got to lose weight. Who exactly are we talking to? I haven't really, really nailed that one down yet, but it's like we we kind of talk to ourselves and, and it seems natural. Oh, I can't do that. But who are we talking to in us? So sometimes it seems like there's, there's different parts or aspects of us and there's this, this kind of consciousness. And then, well, I don't know. I, I just don't have it. You know, I tried to describe it in my book on learning anxiety and depression. And it, I forgot exactly how I approached it there, but I'll have to reread that and educate myself. <laughs> As I said, and I'll say it once more, my brain is a little foggy today, so I can't, I can't just produce all this stuff. <laughs> uh, so anyway, you got to get rid of, you got to get rid of the, the self doubt. You've got to get rid of the hysterical frogs, and the way you do that. And this is the essence, the key, the goal of self-coaching is to develop self-trust, the self-trust muscle. And it is a muscle. You develop it. You risk believing in yourself. When you have those doubts, you risk letting go of the doubts. When you have those fears, you try to objectify what's real and what isn't a fear, what isn't a danger, I should say. And when it is a negative, you challenge yourself and you start to risk trusting. Now, what is self-trust? Well, it's, it's really the ability to believe in yourself. It's the ability to risk believing that you'll be okay. Now, you're listening to this podcast, so obviously you've been around a few years. I'm certain there aren't too many toddlers listening to this. But... How many how many problems have you solved? How many conflicts have you resolved? Right? You, how many how many times have you gotten through tight tight situations? One, a hundred. How many times did you think you couldn't handle it and you did? Well, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you didn't. So self trust is both a realization of your competence based on the historical facts. I mean, we're not we're not trying to pump you up beyond who and what you are, but at least realize the basis for self-trust. And that if you do have low confidence, esteem, lack of self-trust, 
Those are habits of insecurity. You've been compromised. If you shed that, if you get rid of those hysterical frogs, if you turn a deaf ear to those frogs, some really good stuff begins to happen. That's when you risk self-trust. So once you discover there are negative voices, and I'm not talking about hearing voices, but you know what I mean. Once you start realizing that there are these hysterical frogs within you, that's better than saying your voices, right? We don't want to feel we're psychotic. Try to stay in the present moment. Try to focus on the positives. Ground yourself and say, stop. So what I want you to do is when you start talking to yourself, whoever the self is that you're talking to, use the mantra, stop it, drop it. I can't handle that diet. Stop it, drop it. Tell yourself, be stern, risk trusting. Give it a shot. What's the worst that can happen? You hold yourself back in so many ways because we kind of exaggerate the consequences of failure. Self-trust, you'll handle it. Allow yourself to see the resilience that resides in you. And it's there, but you've got to access it. So as you start realizing that the need to develop, and the reason I call it a self-trust muscle is because the more you risk self-trust, the more you take the shot and just forge ahead and say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go to work assuming I'll do okay on that job. I'm going to start that diet assuming I'll handle it. So the more you risk self-trust like a muscle, like going to the gym and doing reps, the muscle gets stronger. And you'll rely more and more on yourself. And it'll be easier for you to say, stop it, drop it to that in you, which is hysterical or insecure. And while you're at it, just take a break. You know, I mentioned optimism. Man, oh man, you can get such a boost from optimism in terms of getting to that self-trust muscle. If you believe that self-trust is the answer, if you believe that turning a deaf ear to hysterical doubts, fears, and negativity is the answer to building that self-trust, then why not get a little optimistic about it? Why not realize what the outcome can be if you live your life with self-trust? Right? Uh, I'm not, this is not an exaggeration. It's not an exaggeration. There are people who have accomplished amazing things, going from dark to light, from inadequacy to adequacy, from impotence to potency. Happens all the time. Once, once the self-trust muscle is engaged. You're not going to be one of those frogs that gets over the wall if you're listening to the naysayers. Turn a deaf ear. Turn a deaf ear to you when the things that rumble around in your mind are trying to hold you back out of insecurity's fears. Insecurity will keep you hostage forever. Why? Because insecurity doesn't trust that you'll be okay. It's trying to protect you. You know, everything is trying to protect you. I mean, we're survival machines. But insecurity is a misinformed protection. You don't need to be protected from yourself. You need to be protected from insecurity. 
So give yourself a boost of optimism. Ground yourself. Remember, stop it, drop it. And let's get rid of self-doubt and let's replace it with self-trust. So listen, you made it this far. <laughs> and I, I'm not sure how well I made it. And, you know, you didn't fold. If you made it this far, I give you a lot of credit. And like I said, you know, we all get sick and we don't like to listen to people with uh, head colds and stuff like that because it reminds us how, how vulnerable we are. But don't let insecurity take over on any level for anything. You handled this podcast and you showed a bit of self-trust to do that. So I wish you well. And while you're at it, how about visiting my website? I, I know I have to get a little more active on my website. I think I think with all this uh, head cold stuff, I've been very negligent. That in my newsletter. Oh, boy, my newsletter. I'm going to resurrect all that stuff. If you want to get uh, the newsletter, you'd have to go to my website and you know just sign up. There's no cost, of course. And the website is selfcoaching.net. And you can reach me there. There's a contact section, or you section, or you can email me uh, selfcoachinghelp one word at aol.com. But that's all the information you need to know about learning more about self coaching, and it's all there with videos and books and blogs and blah blah blah. So I wish you a self coached, self trusting week, and until next time. Remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, well, it's not an option. By definition, victims are powerless, and you're not powerless. So remember, everything's hard until you make it simple. And how about you join me every week? Believe let's make it yourself. simple together. Reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender. There is more than it seems. Hold on and fight. Follow your heart.